everyone, it's Adrian Oprah with the Dev Time Stories podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number four. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about something that's been frustrating me for the past two months. Now, if you see or if you feel that something has changed, know that I bought a Blue Yeti microphone and a boom arm. And so I hope that the sound quality has improved. On the other hand, I am actually recording this from the parking lot of a mall from my car, basically because it seems that today all my neighbors have have talked and probably they've agreed that they will renovate their homes like literally today. So all I could hear in the morning were drilling noises and hammer noises and all that. So if you hear any engine noise or you think that cars are passing by know that they are I'm actually in the parking lot of a mall so instead of me talking here and complaining about how the world was against me this morning when I tried to record the podcast let's just jump into it and let me tell you about what's been frustrating me for the past two months as some of you probably know this Christmas my shiny two-year-old retina macbook pro 15 inch bailed on me And I have an article already published on that, and I will also share it in the show notes. So the thing is that it was a combination between a failed update from Apple, which was, I think, the update to migrate from uh, macOS extended journal, the file system, to APFS, which I think stands for Apple File System. So it was that update and the fact that a single key on my keyboard died. Can you guess which one? Because if you can't, I'll tell you, it's R. And some web developers might say that I should have used Live Reload more and get off that Command R stuff. And they're probably right, but sometimes even Live Reload takes a bit more to reload and I can't wait for it. So I just hit Command R or Command Shift R, for example. The thing is that I called the authorized Apple service and asked them for a quote for the keyboard how much is it going to cost for me to probably replace the whole keyboard because I realized it wasn't a a mechanical error so it wasn't there wasn't a problem with the the mechanism of the key it was a problem with the key itself with the with the board and they basically said oh yeah it's gonna cost you around 700 bucks for the key and that's because they replace the whole top plate the whole top case or whatever it's called with trackpad and battery included and I was like for a damn key like are you going to replace all that for a key why not replace the keyboard well it turns out that one of Apple's biggest engineering innovations since they launched the Retina MacBook Pro series was to put some goddamn rivets to hold the keyboard in place instead of screws so how about that the thing is that I've been pretty good with computer teardowns and replacing various components. I, I used to do that, let's say, for a living while I was a teenager. And I even did it on MacBooks, a lot of my MacBooks, friends' MacBooks, no problem. I have my iFixit kit and a lot of computer and phone repair stuff around my house. So I took to the web, I scanned everything I could about how I could replace that keyboard and just set out to do so. 
So the first thing I did after documenting myself and learning about the process, trying to figure out if if it's feasible, if it's something that I can do myself, was to order a replacement. And now I'm not dumb. I know these replacement keyboards could prove faulty. So I just ordered a couple off of Amazon since I just wanted to have a backup just in case. Like if one failed, I would have the other one. And I also ordered the 100 screws needed to keep the, the keyboard glued to the top case. So let me tell you from the start, if you don't want to listen anymore, if, if this episode is boring you in any way to remove any kind of doubt, no, stop, don't. Either take it to the service use an external keyboard and leave it as it is with that key not working or throw that thing away. Just throw the laptop to the trash and buy a new one if you can afford it. That thing is stuck together, glued together and married together beyond death. I actually tore my nails from flesh, busted almost all my fingers just to open it up and remove the keyboard. And let me tell you, it that was the easy part. And I'm saying that it was the easy part because after you pull the keyboard out, although many of the rivets will pop from their place, leaving space for, for the screws to fit, some don't. And you have to take those out by hand because if you don't take out all the rivets, then you won't be able to put in a screw and... If you don't put in a screw, then your your keyboard will be wobbly or will just push against the motherboard, which is, well, actually it will push against the backlight, which will in turn push against the motherboard. So after two solid weeks of trying different methods to pull them out, I finally found a way to do so with some sort of nail skin remover. I'll actually add a link in the show notes to a photo of that tool for the ones of you who are interested. I'm not sure what's it called in English, but you will figure it out for yourself once you see it. Oh, and did I forget to mention, while I was very carefully pulling out a connector from the motherboard, a small pin from the part that was on the motherboard itself jumped right out. And so the frustration was even bigger because I haven't yet to figure out what was that connector all about? What was, I think it was a sensor or something like that, but uh, I haven't figured it out yet. So now that you have enough context around what happened and what I went through uh, and the reasons for my frustration and anxiety, let's get to the good part. So last night, after spending a decent amount of time and throwing away, (laughs) I think a good part of the skin of my fingers to the bin along with the old keyboard, I set out to put the replacement keyboard in place. So I managed to remove all the rivets except for two small ones. And I just said, okay, I'm gonna leave it like that because there weren't uh, very important keys and I didn't expect it to have too much of a, uh, to exert too much pressure on the, the backlight and on the motherboard. So, I was only about six six screws left to finish putting that keyboard in place, six out of a out of a hundred, just to remove any any kind of uncertainty for the ones of you who who tuned in right now. And I realized that I had too many holes and too little screws. And so we have a, a salary joke here in Romania, and I think it's probably valid for the whole Eastern Europe. It's 
when do you realize you will soon run out of money? And the answer is when there's too much month ahead of you and too little salary left. So after all that, I did what every normal human being with a blog and a podcast would do. And so I just jotted a couple of ideas down and I decided to make a podcast episode about it and express my frustration about all these engineering advances. I'm I'm very sure that this is not something that couldn't have been avoided. And if stuff like this saves anyone anything, because some people might say, yeah, but they did it to, they added those rivets instead of screws just to uh, save some space and to make the laptop more compact and whatever. No, if, if stuff like this saves anyone anything, it's only Apple's bottom line. And although I totally agree, I am 100% in agreement with the fact that businesses need to make money, this, like, the goal doesn't excuse the means uh, through which you make money. You can't just limit something as let's say perishable, I think perishable is the term, uh, as a keyboard, something that gets used. It's one of the most used features or components of physical components of the laptop. You won't use the hinges, for example, as much as you use the keyboard or the trackpad. And I don't agree that something as a keyboard should be made so hard, so difficult to replace, if not impossible, if you go by Apple standards, which are just replace the whole top case and don't bother about it. Even so, right now, even though I feel genuinely frustrated and upset about it, I still have my wife's MacBook Air, which is my a computer that I bought in 2013 for myself and that I've used until 2015. And I still have it to work on it. And even though it, it hinders my, my productivity because it, it has a smaller CPU, only 8 gigs of RAM and all that, I still have it. But what if I didn't? How would I be able to work then, Mr. Cook? How could I, for example, provide for my family? So this is the end of the episode. I'm really glad I got the chance to share this with you and get it off my chest because it was very upsetting let me know if you went through a similar experience. As you well know, I am at Oprah Rocks on almost every social media platform. So just follow me on your platform of choice. Reach out, DM me, mention me and tell me, hey, I had a similar experience. This is how it went. Or let me know if you want to be a guest on the show. I am very open to people coming in and sharing their stories. And until the next episode, have a good one. Bye.